Hi, I'm Harriet, a mental health professional and educator, and this is Dawn Breaks, the podcast all about finding hope and maybe also healing after reaching rock bottom. Welcome to this week's episode of Dawn Breaks, the podcast, and I am so excited to welcome Rachel on today. So welcome. Hello. (laughs) It's great to be here. Thank you. You're welcome. So I obviously, you know a little bit about the podcast already, but I'd quite like to just start with how you're doing today. So how are you? How are things? Yeah, I feel good. It's actually, although it's cold, it mm. is nice and sunny up here. So oh, it's a lovely day. Good. Oh, that's <laughs> nice. It makes us feel a bit more positive, doesn't it, when it's nice outside? Yes. Yeah. So you already know a little bit about how I structure the podcast, but just in case anyone doesn't know and they're listening for the first time, what I like to do is start back at a time when things were really difficult or you were feeling a bit low or a bit hopeless. And then we kind of work our way forward to feeling a bit more hopeful and then where that finds you now so I wonder if you can tell us about a time that's comfortable to talk about that you felt very low or felt very hopeless and and describe what that was like for you yeah um so it it was 2016 so about four or five years ago now Mm. um I was working in a very different profession to um where I am now um I was in the corporate environment and I'd always been a real kind of career girl work hard play hard and that had always sort of worked out okay for me until I got to my 30s and I started to kind of notice a few like symptoms creeping up on me that I sort Mm. of ignored for a while right yeah so I was stressed tired and started to gain weight and yeah, I feel a bit funny in myself. I guess I was always a worrier. So that was something that I'd always experienced, mm. if you like, throughout my life. Mm. And then it kind of got to that point in 2016 where I kind of just really burnt myself out and I sort of started to feel real, really low, a real dip in my mood. And I wasn't used to that because I was always kind of push, 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 keep going, no matter what, even though I was stressed, just keep going. And I think I got to the point where there was just nothing left. And I just kind of didn't care anymore, which wasn't really me. And I just couldn't like bring myself to to do that. And it, it's, it's actually quite um, strange, even now sort of talking about it and thinking back to that time, really. But um, Yeah, I no, could imagine it is actually, but I really recognise something in what you said there about almost you described feeling numbed out sort of yeah. not having anything left and I can totally yeah. recognize that from kind of emotional burnout where you it, it doesn't feel normal or doesn't feel natural especially if you're someone who kind of keeps going like you're talking about or you're yeah. an upbeat kind of person and then yeah and then you just haven't for whatever reason you just don't have those resources um and, and it's scary as well isn't it yeah, yeah. really scary mm-hmm. because you don't know how to pull yourself out of it well I didn't anyway and it was a a real new experience for me because I just thought well yeah no matter what I've always kept going and I just didn't feel like I could anymore and like yeah just had a period of time where I couldn't get out of bed I couldn't even like function it was just horrible (laughs) I wonder if there was something specific that led up to it sometimes it can be just like a 
gradual wearing out for somebody but sometimes there's something specific which happens that then that's what happens on that day when it actually happens I wonder if how that was for you yeah I mean there wasn't on the actual day where I can remember just I remember not going to work I was supposed I traveled a lot with my job and I was supposed to go down south to do some kind of presentation or something or other and I just woke up that morning and I just knew that I wasn't gonna wasn't gonna go (laughs) which again isn't really like me I just Mm -hmm. it was just yeah I think yeah I think it just built up and built up over time I'd got myself quite frustrated and I was quite emotionally invested in my job as well and it probably wasn't going as well as I would have liked it to go and I think all that self-pressure Mm. and having things not quite going in, in the way I wanted them to and feeling frustrated and yeah I think we it do. just all kind of added up <laughs> yeah absolutely and we do put ourselves under so much pressure sometimes I think and it can build up slowly as well can't it till you realize that the pressure is yeah. completely unreasonable like no one can yeah. function under that much pressure but when you've added yeah. to it a little bit a little bit a little bit you don't yeah. quite realize sometimes until until you're sort of squashed under the weight of the pressure yeah. and it sounds a bit like it might have been something like that for you yeah a little bit and I think as well when you're kind of like for me it was all about climbing the career ladder and I'd been like successful up to a point but I think what I hadn't prepared myself for was the more the more you climb and the more successful you are, the more isolating it becomes because mm-hmm. so it had gone from having like a peer group of people that you can kind of share those stresses and frustrations with to suddenly being the boss with no one to talk to. It was it's a bit, yeah, a bit, yeah, a bit um, strange. And also because you're at that level, you also feel like you've got to be the one that's you know, carrying together. everybody else mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it was really, really hard. And I think that's why it, it hit me the way it did as well because I just felt like you, you kind of feel like you're letting other people down although I have to say when it got to its worst point I just didn't care anymore because oh, there was yeah right. there is something strange about that actually when you say that it makes me think of getting to a point where you you finally put yourself first because you've yeah. lost you've lost all of your energy there's nothing left yeah. and you yeah. finally it appears like it feels like you don't care about everyone and you're so busy normally caring about everybody yeah it feels very counterintuitive but actually what's happening is something kind of deep inside saying hey look after me stop yes exactly it's all the signs and symptoms I'd all I'm and this is the kind of thing now when I'm working with other people and you're kind of like yes these are all signs and symptoms telling you something and I and I know that because I ignored them myself for so long I was just gonna say that you'd said you ignored the things that were going on Uh, there's two things really interesting that I kind of want to dip into a little bit there one is about moving up the career ladder and it becoming more isolating as you go further up the career ladder which I think is really really interesting because possibly it's something that we do talk about but maybe it's something we should talk about more and I wonder whether that's a gender thing whether it feels more isolating as a woman or whether it is just being in management where you feel like you've got to look like you've got it together all the time And the other thing was about the signs and symptoms and ignoring them, because so often we do put our head in the sand and and you know it's there, but you think, I just don't have time for that because I've got all these other things to look at. I can't look after my own needs. And yet through doing that, we eventually, we can't look after anyone's needs. We run out. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. I wonder, what can you tell us about the moving up and feeling more isolated as you got up? Do you think that is 
something that people can feel really easily? Do you think it's kind of a gender thing or was it more uh, just needing to have a brave face on for everybody? Yeah, I mean, I guess it's a combination of things. I mean, there's there's probably, for me, it was probably, first of all, it was probably my own personality. So we can't like, Mm. like, I don't think I can generalise too much because I think that I am just the kind of person who probably is a little bit more sensitive perhaps. And also that kind of putting that pressure on myself is something that other people recognise. But I'm not sure that like every woman in my position was doing that necessarily. Um, There was also for me, probably circumstantially, um, a lot of the people who were at a similar level to me were based in London and I was the only one based in Liverpool. So I was doing a lot of travelling down there. Mm -hmm. But I felt like a bit of a disconnect from my peers because like geographically so yeah yeah yeah, but I do say I think that there are yeah you probably are right that there is probably a gender um, influence because I think I certainly felt like I had something to prove all the time like and I had to I did have to kind of keep it all together because I had Mm. to be seen the same way as my male peers and I think that like also there's this thing I think about women that if if women like express themselves in in a certain way then they are labeled um emotional or or bossy or there's all these kind of words that are negative if women kind of <laughs> express themselves whereas I think in in a certain way sometimes in, when my male colleagues would, would express themselves and kind of get you know a bit angry everyone kind of just thought that was them being so, assertive mm. so I just I, I I always had it in the back of my mind that I can't you know I can't come across as emotional so yeah, there was the, I definitely had to have this kind of like blank face. <laughs> I'm just really curious about that because I don't know. I don't know whether that's something that people feel. I don't know whether that's something that women feel necessarily, but I am curious yeah. about whether it's different for men and women as they move further up and that kind of perceived judgment, whether it is judgment or whether it's the judgment that we put on ourselves as well. Yeah. That we feel that, yeah, it's just a whole extra. Mm, I was going to say blanket of pressure, but I don't really like the idea of blanket. It's blanket's comfy, isn't it? It's like a whole extra layer of pressure that we put on ourselves. It's not comfy like a blanket. And it's just no. interesting, isn't it, about that? I certainly recognise questioning myself. Am I being emotional or am I just standing up for what I really care about? And yeah. you know, where's the line between emotional and passionate? And it can be quite hard yeah. sometimes to honour your own values and stick with it regardless of what any kind of outside judgment would be so I'm yeah I'm really interested in that and then and the second thing that you talked about was ignoring symptoms so I mean are you happy to share some of the things that were going on that you were ignoring like were there yeah so things I mean physically as I mentioned before there was like weight gain I knew I wasn't kind of looking after myself I had Mm. um, tummy upset from a kind of female hormone point of view there were like definitely imbalances there I mean I know that there are imbalances now because I tested myself for them but right. but I kind of saw the symptoms because there was things that were just you know the monthly cycles that should be you know in a certain way were just kind of all over the place and um yeah insomnia was like just crazy I really right. really struggled to sleep and then I would and then like again later on I was getting kind of dizziness and I had a couple of like little like blackouts at one point but oh, like, but which were just kind of like again you just kind of keep going and you just think these are the kind of things that really you shouldn't be ignoring but then then I suppose from an emotional point of view then the other things I I knew weren't normal I have things like I was um really disengaging with from my friends and from mm. my family and I felt mm. that I just 
didn't really want to socialize I just didn't fit I felt like after after the working day or week I didn't have anything left I felt like yes. I had nothing to talk about or yeah. nothing to give and I just didn't feel like doing any of that so I knew again that was the thing that I knew was wrong because you didn't have the capacity you know, kind of thing for that emotional yeah, give and take yeah. that you need I couldn't deal with anybody else's stuff basically as well yeah. so mm. <laughs> I can very much I can very much understand that I think like it's really hard to explain at the time as well because you think oh actually if you're having a hard time then you really need your family but I really identify with that which is when I'm really struggling I do shut myself away and I don't mean to and I don't know I'm doing it until I've got into it you know until someone calls me out on it and is like is everything all right you know because you you sort of almost have gone into self-protect mode where you're like I can't cope with any extra on top of all the things that I'm coping with right now Um, and it's quite difficult to to explain because it's a really important thing to know about yourself and also be okay with like it's not it's not a bad thing it's not anyone's fault and we can both know that about ourselves as professionals that we maybe when things are too much we do begin to self-isolate and that's exactly what I personally that's exactly what I need not to do but I'm still yeah. probably going to do it before I realize that what I need to do <laughs> is reach out yeah exactly yeah. <laughs> um, you know and it's it's just a really interesting thing like and maybe I I hope that will help some people who are listening to know that it's yeah. it's okay if that's what happens we're not you know we're humans we're not robots we, we can't see ourselves outside ourselves and understand what's going on all the time because we're in the feelings aren't we we're in the yeah. in the thick of it yeah that's so um, interesting I think a little bit as well as understanding yourself because I've come to realize now that I'm although I'm quite a confident person I'm actually probably more um, inclined to um, introvertism than I am to extrovertism and everybody else would go what no not you you're <laughs> so confident you're always the one uh, talking and, and I think my my job as well I was always like you know giving them public talks and you know leading the team always out there being that outwardly confident person and I think that you when you know that you're an introvert you need that recharge time I think as well so that's why it can be so easy as you said to almost go to ground and and hibernate for a bit Mm -hmm. (laughs) which after there's a line isn't there where after which point it's not helpful anymore you need to get out (laughs) (laughs) you've got to kind of discover it yourself like you can't no one else can push it on you or you dig your heels absolutely Um, (laughs) yeah no no I I fully get that I think it's it's really tricky to think about these things as well because we do live in a society that does value being an extrovert and actually there are so many people who are introverted and needing to do some kind of extroverted role with work and I suppose in some ways I think that the outcomes of you know coronavirus and everyone having to work at home even though no one would have chosen this to happen and it's complete you know turned everything on its head there's some parts of it that I think actually this has made lots of businesses realize that people can work from home and work from home effectively and actually for someone like yourself who who does identify as being quite introverted it would probably really benefit them to be able to work from home a certain you know know that you've got two days a week where you don't need to do all of the social you know pressure um and you can just kind of focus on what you need to do and have a bit of time to recharge was the word you used and I love that because it is you you almost need time out from all of the social stimulation and expectation and lots of kind of different elements in that that's so interesting thank you Rachel 
So let's bring us forward to the time where you were feeling kind of very burnt out and you were you sort of began to describe it. But I wonder what that looked like for you. Did it continue on or you, I know you didn't go to work that day or what, what happened on around that I time? Didn't, <laughs> I didn't go to work for a long time. Mm-hmm. Right, right. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, I think it was around probably I'm just trying to think now was it three or six months I didn't go to work but I think probably from the three month so during that three months yeah it wasn't a great time but I think like you said I I finally realized that I had to kind of stop and look after myself and just kind of find a way out of this um, hole that I'd found myself in I guess is I kind of describe it as a black hole because it's hard to sort of picture especially when like you said I found I identified myself as being quite an upbeat energetic positive person it was hard to feel that way like all the time if that makes sense not just the normal kind of highs and lows but just having that feeling every day and I spent a long time punishing myself and beating myself up that I'd almost let myself get to that point and like almost angry with myself as yeah, well yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then I spent a lot of time fighting them to get back to so I've kind of started to feel a tiny bit better and then was, was almost fighting them to get back into this job and even that kind of wasn't quite straightforward and then I realized I had this little moment where I realized you know I'm fighting to get back to something that I don't really want to do <laughs> to be honest not what I want it. yeah <laughs> and that does take a certain mm, level of low doesn't it it takes a certain level of rock bottom to go actually yeah not sure I even like what I'm doing like why am I why am I trying so hard for this to happen it's really yeah exactly yeah um and so it was it was quite it was quite a few months maybe before you got to that point where you're like I'm not actually sure I want to be fighting for this anymore yeah I mean I think that I was going in for kind of different like meetings I think it had happened in the September of 2016 and sort of from like like December through like onwards I was pushing to kind of get back and now in totally in hindsight in retrospect when I look back I just think there's no way that I was better or well really I've just kind of got myself out of it enough to be able to function Mm. yeah so I was like trying to get back and trying to get back and like it wasn't quite as straightforward as as I'd kind of hoped and then yeah I think it it got to actually March before I sort of thought actually this isn't what I want anymore and in the meantime I'd been exploring different things to kind of because I knew instinctively that I could probably like through like natural means because I'd seen all these different things happening with my body I knew they were all sort of connected and I just thought there's something fundamentally not working here I need to kind of look after myself more and almost heal myself if you like and I, I really did start to look towards kind of a natural approach and nutrition and things like that for myself yeah and then I just made a decision in March to not go back and went and instead went back to uni <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> Threw myself into a master's course, mm-hmm. as, I, as you do. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> In true Rachel style, I decided not to go do anything by half. So I just thought, right, I'm going to go for this now. Right. And then I started to get better. So I even I thought I was kind of well before, but, but yeah. yeah. And then you realised actually you still had a way to go and that, that yeah, was what absolutely. was going to make it happen. Yeah. So interesting yeah. how those things kind of arrive or turn up when you need them and so you went back to study a master's and I'm guessing this is 
related to the nutrition that you're yeah yeah, right so that you were beginning to explore this side of yourself um, and that there was something to do with kind of the natural what's going on in your body that could be tweaked and and changed to support you okay so I was yeah what I normally would say at this point is like where did you begin to find hope but it's almost it's crept in there already which I love um, <laughs> I know so, yeah like so the the places that you began to feel like oh my goodness something is going on I understand something that there's yeah. something happening here and a little light bulb went off might have yeah. been with nutrition stuff and maybe with putting yourself into learning into a learning frame of mind absolutely and I think that so I need to be clar- clarified so the master's probably didn't start till the end of that year and I'd, I'd mm. been doing all this reading and I'd done like a short course on online and, and it was all it was all really like scientific and all kind of back to sort of biology and how all you know at a cellular level we function and I just got like really interested and I felt like suddenly the kind of the juices were flowing and I felt so motivated and excited and I thought oh this is something that I could like at the time I just thought I'm really interested in this and actually it was probably just a distraction from how I was feeling and it was something to engage my brain while I was mm. recovering yeah I just I got, I got really excited about this <laughs> the science really geeky no, not at all, not at all. I think we can of, access that excitement about learning yeah. and it doesn't really matter yeah. what you geek out about it's just absolutely so it was, it was almost like that hits yeah mm. so I, and I, then I said to you yeah so then I, then I knew that I thought right if I'm going to do this I want to be because that's just my nature I just think right <laughs> I want to be good at it I want to do the best I can I'm going to throw myself into the best possible learning environment so that's when I applied for the masters and they said okay you need to do this conversion course so then it was like almost back to school biology chemistry and even that I really enjoyed because I had to kind of get myself back into this you know go from this commercial mindset into like a scientific mindset so a complete reset reset. and then what once I was in the zone and then I then started on the uh, masters in January 2017 was it 2018 so we are coming on quite you know like it's the journey to just begin was probably over a year so yeah and and I think actually that is something really key that you said there because we imagine sometimes that we that we get to a point where we figure out things are wrong and then we go oh right I'm going to heal myself now and then and then we like we move on but it's it's yeah. such a journey it's such a process and it isn't I feel as if it's never it's never really done and that's not to put people off or or give people less hope that's to give you more hope that there's always yeah. more to there's always Absolutely. more ways to grow and always more ways to feel excited and and I love what you're describing there about about the feelings about how you get really um can't remember exactly what your words were but really excited about learning new stuff and it's almost like you've forgotten what I've definitely had times in my life I've forgotten what that fire feels like so then when you feel it again you're it's so exciting to connect in with your body in that way and feel those real moments like aha moments and where you're also where your brain is working really hard and you're learning new things and and your synapses are firing off it all feels really really good and after a time of feeling very maybe very low or also in a time when it felt like there wasn't much you could do you were quite not able to get back to work or you were not able to kind of change much about what was going on or you were in a situation where you you had to just cope with everything and you couldn't look at how you were feeling 
to then stop and really go into it is just so transformational and that in itself is the healing journey isn't it is going in and discovering about yourself and actually maybe I don't know I'm maybe I'm biased but I feel like there's nothing more exciting to learn about than when you learn things about yourself that you can then relate to other people as well yeah so tell us about the nutrition and what you figured out from all of that how did you know you started learning a little bit from a short course and then and how did that start to change things for you and change how you were feeling yeah so I think I just started to implement those that knowledge on myself so initially it was just a case of just uh, kind of eating whole foods starting to kind of exercise more and gradually just starting to feel a little bit better from that point of view because I think that I mean, I even remember having this conversation with my doctor, like at a a kind of basic level, you don't have to be a nutritionist to know how to look after yourself in that way. But I think when you're in that real dark moment, you haven't got the motivation to do it. So it's a bit of a catch-22 situation. So you almost have to come through that darkness to then have the motivation to then to then look after yourself, Mm -hmm. which is where I began. That's where that was happening in parallel to this newfound interest. And then as I started to then get into the, I don't know if I'm jumping ahead too much here. No, 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 it's absolutely fine. (laughs) As I was getting into then the kind of, alongside my master's, I was doing um, the clinical training to become nutritional therapist. And as part of that, then I was like doing all this, like these functional tests and, and I did some genetic testing as well on myself. So I just started to like get this real insight into me personally. So I knew exactly what was going on and I I knew what my sort of predispositions were that's giving me additional information to think okay I need additional nutrient support there because actually you know I've got a genetic variant which means I need more of this than somebody else might need for example right and then the functional testing was kind of showing me that as I touched it before the kind of hormone imbalances and influence that my sex hormones were having on my mood and the Mm -hmm. fact that I had this excess estrogen circulating that I wasn't detoxifying very well so I needed to support myself from a nutrition point of view there and my cortisol levels were were through the floor surprise surprise because I'd burnt myself out so right right. I had like that's that is really important what you just said there because there's a whole set of chemical stuff going on inside that we don't yeah. really know about most of the time and yeah. I I've been to see a nutritionist before and I remember it literally blowing my mind that there was yeah. <laughs> going on that I just had no idea about and yeah. so often our moods are not just because we're feeding low it's because there's there's much deeper stuff going on underneath and, and that there are people doing amazing work like you and we'll get on to that in a minute but people doing amazing work like you who who are able to really support that and really help you discover things about yourself and and make sure that you've got all the right nutrients and ingredients because ultimately our bodies want to be well like the default is well yeah. isn't it it's just whether they've Absolutely. got the right ingredients to do it which yeah very reassuring I find that even when I've had kind of health scares that I know that my body wants to get better it's just whether I've given it enough of the right yeah. ingredients to support it as much as is possible you know with the things that I, I've experienced and that's obviously different for different people okay so there's also something there that I feel like you you spoke about wanting to do more as you sort of started to learn more you felt like you wanted to change more things and understand more things and I wonder whether do you think it's possible if you're feeling quite low to start to eat very 
well and eat good foods and then feel an impact in your mood as a result so that you can almost like use food in that way to prop you up and support you do you think it works to do it backwards as well yeah, I'm not quite sure I understand what you mean by backwards. I don't think it is backwards. As I said, it, I was like, I'm not sure if that's right. What I mean is, what I mean is like, you almost kind of did the self-discovery and then you changed the diet and then you got the positive impacts. And I wonder whether if someone is feeling low and they know their diet isn't great, that they can make a couple of changes in terms of like, I don't know, whether it's eating more vegetables or whole foods or cutting out yeah. sugar, whatever it might be. And yeah. then it's likely that they'll feel some changes in their moods. Yeah. And I probably didn't explain myself very well because I I did some of the basic things first. Right. And then I went on my journey of discovery and, and that oh, helped see. me to kind of, what I would say is personalise it for me mm-hmm. so that I knew exactly what I needed personally. Whereas, but, but before that, before I could even kind of get to that point, yeah, it was all the basics. So hydration, because... Mm-hmm even just like 5% hydration can increase feelings of anger or confusion or depression. So just kind of hydrate, keeping yourself hydrated um, has been showing the research to kind of reduce anxiety. So that's something we can all do. That's really that's simple. Amazing. It's really I simple. Just, mm-hmm. Yeah. And one thing I say to people as well is take a glass of water. I've got one with me now. I take <laughs> one with, take it to bed with me at night. So, the, so, the, so it's there. And the first thing in the morning, drink that. And then, even if you're somebody who's not brilliant at drinking water throughout the day, you've you've started the day, you know, with that yeah. with that bit of hydration. So that's going to help start a good mood day, if you like. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, and then um, just kind of keeping things, thinking about every kind of meal, just something really basic. It's just to think, where's my protein coming from? Where's my fiber coming from? And have I got healthy fats on the plate? And just those three simple things can help with your mood um protein for example helps like regulate your brain the chemicals in your brain that regulate mood healthy fats protect your brain cells and help your brain function and then a fiber is feeding the bacteria in the gut that help with positive gut brain signaling so the the gut is our second brain for example or is is sometimes referred to as our second Mm. brain because there's so many neurons there so it's why scientists think that diets with increased fiber promote the or reduce the risk of anxiety and depression that's amazing and it also is I feel like that's really positive because it feels very tangible very doable and you know obviously we all have moments where we you know might slip off the wagon with our eating and it's not as good as it can be but it feels very achievable to drink a bit more water and Mm -hmm. get some more fiber in my diet you know that's it's like very doable and that then that can yeah. have a significant impact on your mood and and then also just that you don't have to start from such a low place in the day that you might already yeah. be somewhere closer to the middle you know and yeah. often I feel people can really struggle first thing in the morning if you're not a morning person and if you've got potentially things going on in the day that you're not massively happy about or massively excited yeah. about but actually if you're already in a you know if you've given yourself that glass of water you're already hydrated you give yourself a really good breakfast you're setting yourself up for feeling as good as you can do which is just so nourishing yeah and yeah I think I probably jumped ahead because I was getting really excited about all this nutrition (laughs) stuff but I mean we've got it, it becomes quite clear where it's led you to but tell us a little bit about where this journey has taken you to now and a bit more about what you do now 
Okay, so yeah, so I'm a, now I'm a registered nutritionist and specialise in uh, mental health. So I look to kind of help tired and wide career women, a bit like myself, to improve their mood naturally and feel that kind of revitalised, re-energised and restored. Yeah, and I just, I use techniques like I use on myself because we're all so different. And what brings one person to poor mental health is so different from the next person. And, and not just because of, not just because of what's happened to them as an individual or what they're all, all the fact that we're all different genetically, because that can have an influence too. But it's, as you said before, it's all that what's going on inside environmentally and biologically for that person. And because if you can pinpoint that, mm-hmm. then you know what to target from a nutrition point of view and getting all these basic things in place is great. But then if you can then fine tune that even more for that individual, then uh, that can be the, the key I guess to unlocking their, their happiness <laughs> amazing I love that and it's it's more than health isn't it it is happiness yeah. like it is good moves it is feeling yeah. well which is which is way more than just having good health like feeling yeah. well is is kind Absolutely. of the optimum isn't it which yeah. is incredible and I love that I think it's such a sort of tangible thing and and very often it can feel as if our moods are completely out of our control but there are things that we can do that really supplement them and really support them and nutrition is one that that is definitely really achievable I think and 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 then even more so you know with doing work with someone like you where you can fine-tune it and really make it totally the right food the right nourishment for that person and their sort of genetic makeup and how interesting that our genetics by this I found this amazing when I learned this that our genetics impact what we should be eating you know and maybe it seems really obvious but I it wasn't obvious to me before I sort of started discovering a bit about my my nutrition needs but that that's kind of incredible to know that yeah you're not going to be the same as as somebody else walking down the street that you will need different things to give you optimum health and that's that's really really a good thing in a way it's it's good to kind of be able to support yourself as much as possible I love that and also your genetics don't have to define you either because the other thing that I found fascinating is that the foods that we eat and the lifestyle that we lead can also influence whether our genes activate or don't activate. So we can actually influence our genes through food. So if something's overstimulated, we can actually dampen it down or, or vice versa in certain cases. Yeah. That's so incredible. I mean, I, I'm talking about it without a huge amount of knowledge. You're going to have to help me out here if I'm struggling. <laughs> they do talk about genetics where we can turn, is it turn gene, genes on and off, you know, if yeah. if we've got a trigger for something specific and, yes. and that can be accessed and supported through nutrition is what you're saying. Yeah, and lifestyle and stress, stress management, exercise, that kind of thing. Yeah, there's, um, it's really an emerging area of science and there's a lot of you know we don't know everything about every single gene but there are certain genes that we know can be targeted by nutrition and lifestyle and how empowering is that yeah it's exciting isn't it you know and and hopeful for for anyone who's really struggling with health issues or chronic pain or or something in particular that they that there is this there's another route, another way. And I, yeah. I'm i all for looking for support from as many different avenues as possible because it's likely, you know, that when you need support that it won't be just one thing that needs mm-hmm. tweaking. It might be many things. And it sounds as though, yeah, nutrition is, is such an important one and can be 
not easily forgotten necessarily because we all know we need to eat well but not necessarily seen as a really active way of treating mental health and and moods and and wellness you know it's a really active way of of making some significant changes for yourself and feeling well feeling better which is which is amazing Oh, love that. Thank you, Rachel. Thanks for sharing that. It's okay. Um, so tell us about your business and how people can get in touch with you. If they're interested in finding out more and they want to know more, how do they reach you? Okay, so if they want to reach me, they can um, head over to my website. That's www.re-nutrition.co.uk. And if they want to find out more, I've got actually a free e-guide on my on there. So that's it kind of covers a whole um, variety of things about how to um, balance and improve your mood naturally. So it's just a nice free resource for people to kind of get started and get to know what I'm all about. That I love that. That's such an accessible way in. Yeah, really, really nice. Okay, so the website and then on your website, there's this this free e-guide. And we'll obviously put all of those details in the show notes as well. So people can find you. Okay. Thank you. Yeah, that's brilliant. I I really, really love that. And we've just kind of, I feel like we've given people some kind of tangible steps or tangible things that they can go and think about. Um, I wonder if there's anything else that you wanted to talk about today. And it's totally fine if there isn't. Sometimes, you know, something is bouncing around and you think, actually, yeah, was there anything else that you thought, yeah, I wanted to say that or mention that? I think we've covered everything really, because we've talked about the fact that everyone's so different and unique and that's my ethos I suppose the only thing that I would perhaps leave you with is the thought that you actually mentioned before about that kind of feeling well and it not just being about you know having health it's actually about feeling happy and it's just this ethos that like you know as humans we're we're a system and if all those systems are kind of working well and functioning well together then you know in theory we shouldn't experience ill health or poor mental health so it's just about finding out what's working well for you and what perhaps could be optimized a bit more and then yeah finding your happiness through that those means love that thank you so much I think that's just a really great place to to leave it as well because we've we've kind of touched on the science to leave people interested without it feeling overwhelming and I think that's just a, a great place so thank you so much and I will put all of your details in the show notes so that people can get in touch and it just gives a different way in I think which is which is really really interesting so thank you for all of your knowledge and sharing all of that great great info I've really really enjoyed it So bye. Thank you so much for having me. What a brilliant chat there with Rachel. I really enjoyed that and I hope you did too. There were so many tangible takeaways for really simple ways we can start to feel better using our nutrition as this added tool that can really support us through eating and drinking some of the stuff that we really need and that our body really needs. I really love Rachel's approach which seems really gentle and also very nourishing and tailored very specifically to our own personal needs which I really like. I know for me eating during lockdown has been really difficult and so easy to slip into bad habits so maybe this is the time to start really thinking about how we can support our health, our mental health internally through what we're taking in through our food. If you've enjoyed what you've been listening to on the podcast so far remember you can subscribe using your favourite podcast app You can leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and let us know what you liked and what you'd like to hear more of. And we'd love to hear from you. Otherwise, take really good care and you'll hear from me soon.